This is Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals. Here you will meet and learn from channel experts who share their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, channel chief and adventure seeker, Rob Spee. Hello, channel pros. Welcome to Channel Journeys. This is Rob Spee, your host and channel enthusiast. Thanks so much for listening today. This is episode number 70. I don't know, it's a big round number, so it seems like a nice time for me to be my own guest again. My last episode was uh, 10 episodes ago where I shared my sailing adventure, and I've got another one coming up this summer that I'm super excited about, sailing from Bermuda to New York, and uh, maybe I'll tell a story about that one too. Anyway, but for this episode, I'm going to stick to the channel, a channel topic that's close to my heart and perhaps something that will help you if you're building or thinking about rebuilding your channel program for the as-a-service model. Now, before I get into that, I want to thank my sponsor, Magentrix. If you are thinking about channel technology and partner management tools, be sure to check them out. Magentrix are experts in creating web and partner portals. They have full integration to your CRM system, whether it's Salesforce, Microsoft, Dynamics, uh, many other systems, and they really allow you to very quickly stand up a feature-rich PRM solution for all the key elements that you need in your partner program. Whether it's deal registration, pricing, quoting, content delivery, incentive tracking, reseller discounts, um, training and certifications, all of those um, really important topics, they can spin up for you very quickly. You can check them out at Magentrix.com or even on the Salesforce App Exchange where they have a five-star rating review. I highly recommend you check them out, and I'll have a special offer again for you to share that I'll share with you at the end of today's show. Okay, let's get back to my topic for today, which I decided to title, It's Time to Ditch Your Channel Program. All right, are you ready? Let's go. Okay, here's why I think it's time to ditch your channel program, or at least give it a major overhaul. Our classic channel programs that we developed back in the on-prem days really aren't fitting the needs that we have today with the as-a-service model. We need to evolve our programs to better serve our partners, our customers, and our own internal teams as we move to that SaaS or PaaS model. And at OutSystems, we needed to update our partner program to drive more land, opt, expand, and renew of our rapid application development platform and, and really put a focus on partner and customer success. So we created a more personalized, performance-based program that adopts to many of the ways partners want to work with us. And that includes a wide variety of partners. We've got resellers, system integrators, managed service providers, ISVs, and we really wanted to provide a better program to support their motions with us. And so I just want to spend a few minutes and, and take you through that journey that we went through in involving our our own program. And I'll share with you a number of things. I want to share with you why we needed to evolve, uh, some key features of the program that we put in place last year, and, and some of the things that we've achieved already in that program. So first, let me talk a little bit more about why we needed to evolve and why we needed to change our partner program in the first place. And when I joined OutSystems, uh, Back in summer of 2019, we had a good partner program in place. We had hundreds of partners, and they were doing okay. They were delivering pretty strong services for us, but they weren't doing all the things that we needed. And I could see pretty quickly that the program and our partners weren't really aligned to our go-to-market 
strategy. So I want to share a little bit more about that with you. Our our company, we have a rapid application development platform and OutSystems, you think about it as, as a low-code platform is the way people talk about it. And we have a lot of great customers and a lot of great partners who are serving those customers and developing really strong services. And, and that's a great thing to have. The, the partners add a lot of value in those services. And our customers fill the gamut from SMB up to large enterprise. And we work with the smallest small boutique partners up to the the largest GSIs as well, Deloitte's uh, and Accenture's of the world. So we have a pretty broad spectrum of, of customers and partners that we want to serve. And as we're doing that, our, our North Star as a company is driving 100% customer success. And we want to do that by selling and delivering together with partners uh, as much as we can. And so our channel North Star is, is the same as our company North Star is how do we drive 100% customer success, except we also want to drive, of course, 100% partner success while we're doing it. So that was one reason why we wanted to modify and evolve our program. Uh, again, as I mentioned, we have uh, the layer adoption, the layer engagement model. We leverage that that is part of our go-to-market strategy. And so we needed a program that was aligned to layer and allowed us to really find the right partners, motivate the partners, enable our partners for all of those motions. And we put a big emphasis on the land motion to drive more new accounts and then also in the adoption of an expansion of accounts to to continue growing those accounts that we're landing. And we, we rely heavily on our partners and want to find the right partners and motivate them through our program to help us with those layer motions. So those were all various reasons why we saw that we needed to evolve our program I'd say the number one reason, though, is really the customer. In, in talking to our customers, uh, we have a customer advisory council, and we heard from the customers that the current program wasn't really helping them. The, the classic tiered program doesn't tell the customer really anything about the expertise and capabilities of that partner uh, and what they can do in helping them. And are they aligned? What kind of experience do they have in, in that customer's industry, in that customer's technical need? Um, that's what they wanted to know. And they wanted a program that would, would help them see who are the best partners to, to engage, especially from a, a delivery and services perspective. So those all led us to believe that we needed to, to change our partner program program and we didn't really see a fit for the tiers in our program. We thought there was a better way to do it. And I know some of you are very passionate about the tiered program and want to keep it there. And maybe it has a place for you in your in your company. I just don't see it for us. I don't see it helping. We don't have a big indirect reseller channel. But even if we did, I'm not sure that I'd want to put a tiered program back in place for that. I think it it really favors the largest partners. And we really want to have a customized, personalized program where we can provide the right level of support to any partner of any size, really based on what they're trying to accomplish to achieve their goals. So it's much more around goal setting with them through joint business plans and aligning to those goals together and, and really helping them and providing the support they need, no matter what size they are to help them achieve those goals. So we've found that removing the tiers has really helped us do that. So in our program, what are some of the key features? First off, we looked at how do we want partners to partner with us and what what do we want them to do? And we have really three core stages that they can go through and we call it deliver, build, run. So initially our partners can come on board and they can sell and deliver with us. And that's getting the our platform into the customer site and the, the partners start doing application uh, development on our platform for the customers. 
as they do that, they gain some expertise and now they start to build solutions. They're starting to put their own IP into solutions and building those together and then using those as accelerators to differentiate themselves and provide better value, more value faster with the with their customers. And that starts differentiating them from other partners. And so now they're in the build stage. And then the third stage that they, they can go to is the run stage and run out systems on their own as an MSP or as an ISV and, and develop their own applications. So that's our deliver, build, run strategy. And then we built a program around that that would support that. And the program is based on partner types. Instead of tiers, it's based on partner types. So it's a flexible program that allows our partners to decide how they want to engage with us. And they can be a, a sales partner. They can be a delivery partner, a training partner, an MSP, a GSI, or all of the above. They can they can have multiple partner types, and we call them authorizations. So partners can gain or earn authorizations for each of those partner types. And so they come in as a registered partner, and then they have a certain amount of time to get authorized. And uh, we have an up or out strategy. We don't want a long tail of partners who aren't performing. We think that's just a drain on our resources. So they have 12 months to earn either a sales and or delivery or MSP authorization. And uh, I'll, I'll take you through those authorizations. So registered is, is really just the entry point, And then they're working towards typically a sales um, and many times delivery authorizations at the same time. The, the sales authorization, they have to get a certain number of sales and pre-sales certifications. And they also have to source some opportunities and start helping us generate some new revenue through their sourced new logo opportunities. Once they uh, have that accomplished, they get their sales authorization. That gives them much higher benefits in terms of higher rewards, higher compensation for when they're bringing us deals, um, and tighter engagement. Uh, our sales teams have more confidence in working with the sales authorized partners. So that's another big incentive. And then on the delivery side, um, our delivery authorized partners, they have to do a number of things. They, again, have to get technical certifications, uh, and we have a core team that we want them to build with technical certs. Then they also have to start doing some projects and get customer satisfaction scores on those projects. So they have to deliver a certain level of performance before we'll give them that stamp of approval as delivery authorized. And we want our, our customers and our own PS and sales teams to have confidence and know that those, those partners have been authorized and we've checked their performance and we continue to check their performance and, and provide support to make sure that they are delivering 100% customer success. And then there's also an MSP authorization, and it also has its own requirements, a bit similar, kind of a combination between the sales and delivery requirements. Um, and those partners who want to be a, an MSP partner can go through and get that MSP badge and have some additional benefits um, that they can achieve. And then also tied to that, I mentioned the joint business plan. That's a requirement for any of those authorizations. And then we base other things like marketing support and, and marketing funds off of their business plan. And so all the funding is just business plan based as opposed to a, a straight percentage that, that they might earn as a, as a MDF rebate, for example. So it's, it's gone very well. The, the program has been well-received by our partners, by our customers, by our internal teams. The authorizations drive a lot of decisions and conversations and, and new programs that spin up to help our partners in, in different ways. And it's been very beneficial, too, to share the partner status and what certifications they have, what projects they've de delivered, their CSAT scores. We share all of that on our public website in our partner finder. And that has been a, a huge motivator as well. One of the other things we thought about in developing the program is how are we going to measure success? What's the most important element of success? And, and you may think about 
different KPIs of, of partner sourced revenue, partner influenced revenue, churn or retention rates, uh, customer success, all of those things are, are important for us as well. And there are certain measurements that are more important depending on what we're trying to accomplish in a quarter or even uh, during the course of the year. And we've had uh, really good success. We wanted to measure really four key areas. The first is partner activation. Are they getting authorized? So we have targets around the number of partners we want authorized in each reason, region. We're looking at partner alignment. That's our our, our partners getting aligned in and with our sales teams and with our PS teams. And we look at partner involvement as a percentage of our overall revenue in terms of what, how many deals, what percentage of deals and percentage of revenue have a partner involved, whether it's for the partner sourcing the deal or co-selling with us or delivery or all three. We keep track of that and we have targets for that. We, of course, also look at partner growth. We want to help our partners grow their revenue, grow their services revenue, their, their software revenue, uh, and that's something that we pay close attention to. And then uh, the fourth element is partner success, and, and that's tied to customer success. And are they getting good CSAT scores on the projects that they're delivering? That's a key way that we measure that. In terms of partner activation, we've really seen strong support, strong success so far. Um, we don't have a huge number of partners globally, less than 500 globally. Uh, and we've seen already about a third of those get activated, get authorized in the areas of sales and delivery. And we're looking to grow that, probably get it to about 50% this year and continue growing that. And some partners are falling off. Um, that it turns out that they're more of the long tail and it just doesn't make sense for them to stay in the program. And uh, we have a better way of, of measuring that now with the registered partner status. And once we rolled out the program, we gave them another 12 months to, to get activated. And if they didn't, then uh, most of the time, if we, we reach a mutual conversation, that mutual agreement that it's, it's probably time to, to part ways. But that has left us focusing on the partners who are really a good fit and really investing. And it's helped us refine, too, the types of partners that we are now recruiting and some of the upfront contracts and upfront agreements uh, that we come to before we even sign them up. That's helped a lot. In terms of partner alignment, we've driven a lot more uh, partner involvement now with a new program, and we're seeing that go up. It's our partner-involved uh, revenue went up by over 30% over the last year, and that continues to grow you know, in all the regions, which is really a great indicator. And that was one of the key things that we wanted to drive on this goal of, of really 100% partner involvement. That's our, our aspiration. We're not a 100% channel company, at least not yet. But I'd say we are a partner-centric company. We want to have partners involved in one form or fashion. Our aspiration is that would be involved 100% of the time. Either they're sourcing a deal or we bring them in to co-sell with us to gain their vertical expertise or technical expertise or relationships that they have in an account. And or we want to deliver them. We have a strong co-delivery strategy that uh, we think we're better together executing in a three-way win with our partners and ourselves and our customer. Uh, in terms of partner success, we saw a great improvement there, too. Prior to changing the program, the partners were uh, hesitant to, to share with us the projects they were doing. They weren't submitting a lot of CSAT requests to their customers on those projects they were delivering. But once we changed the program and, and exposed it on the website, what they were doing, the numbers just went through the roof. So we were seeing a, a ton more partners registering their projects and requesting those CSAT scores on their projects. And the CSAT scores are super high. They're on par with our own PS delivered uh, projects, the CSAT scores that they get. So that's a really great thing to see. 
We've, we've learned a few things since rolling it out. Uh, one is the, the power of public competition that on our partner finder has driven a lot of positive behavior by sharing the partner's uh, capabilities online with our customers. It's created into competition between the partners, and they really want to get top ranking in terms of the number of projects they do, the number of CSAT scores that they have, the number of certifications that they have. So that's been really positive and, and been a big factor. And the, the partners love that. They, they share it on their social tiles, their social posts, and uh, that's been a huge reward. We're going to go to a next level this summer, roll out partner competencies so we can take it down another level of granularity so that the the customers can see what specific industry expertise or um, technical expertise they have in different areas around our platform. And that'll be really helpful. So we, we've uh, been building that out. We're going to roll it out and start showing our, our customers which partners we're giving that, that extra stamp of approval for their expertise. Probably the biggest thing we learned in rolling this out was keep it simple. And we got a little bit too fancy in how we set up some of the requirements and, and scaled that back when we updated the program for this year. And, and that's really helped out. It's made it clear for our partners to understand how they get and maintain those authorizations, helps us out internally, and, and made it a lot easier to set up our dashboards as well. So that's always a goal. Keep it simple or at least make your partner think that it's simple. So that's been a big help. That's it. Pretty quick, uh, short podcast today. I just want to share with you what we're doing. Maybe there's some tidbits there that you can share. You know, as, as you're thinking about this, start with the customer and think about what the customer needs in, in you providing a full solution to them. And then that will help you align what types of customers or sorry, what types of partners you need and uh, what elements of your program you want to put in there to drive certain elements of the, of the layer model. Okay, and I promised a special offer on Magentrix, so um, check out Magentrix at magentrix.com and reach out to them. And if you decide to sign up with Magentrix, you're going to get two months free on an annual contract by using the discount code SPEEPOD21 when you sign up. So there you go. Awesome offer. Uh, next episode, I'm going to be interviewing Paul Bird from Magentrix. He's actually one of my uh, one of my top all-time podcast guests in terms of number of listens. So he's going to be back. We've got a great conversation to share with you. Until then, have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends. And be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.